That's weird. Audio picks up so fucking much. That was terrible. I was going to look up the news to see if anything interesting had happened, but I couldn't remember it. I was looking up and my brain kind of went on autopilot and I googled Mario instead uh, of movie. I don't know. <laughs> thinking about Mario. Guess. Mario Batelli. Who? Mario Batelli. He's like the chef guy. That's ponytail. Oh, I thought he was a soccer player. Probably a Mario that plays soccer. Maybe it's Mario Balotelli. I'll find out. Tell your ballies. Alright. I just skipped the whole bit of sitting in the sitting on the piano bench. It's getting old. Alright. Ready? Bloody. Welcome to the Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture media, name of movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? People should like, subscribe, tell a friend, maintain a safe six-foot distance from each other, wear masks when you're out in public, uh, wash your hands for a firm 20 seconds, avoid touching your face. Firm um, 20 seconds. Firm 20 seconds. Adjective that I didn't think I would hear for that. <laughs> Sometimes the wrong word says the right thing, you know? Is that an adverb? No. The, It'd be the yeah. firm seconds, yeah. Yeah, it's an adjective. Uh yeah, I don't yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think there's Sometimes I, I believe firmly that sometimes the wrong word says the right thing. We talked about that. Yeah. I said something Parents didn't know I was here. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, what a weird start to this episode. We're kind of all over the place. We right are. Here. I'm also just kind of like not here. I'm kind of faded. I had a beer earlier and it was like, you know, it doesn't affect, like, it doesn't like make me like unfunctional, right. but it does kind of put a fog on me for the rest of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I try to study a little bit of chess every day. And I always have to do it before I start drinking because if yeah. I have one sip of beer, one it's it literally just, is it, it shuts down the like the most critical thinking. The problem. moment alcohol enters me, unless like until I go to sleep, I don't think I've ever had alcohol. Well, I've never had alcohol early enough in the day to see if it <laughs> if it goes away throughout what, the you've day. Never a, you've never had a nice mimosa. <laughs> I've had well, that's true. I've had a mimosa. I think I felt better by the end of the day. Yeah. Of course, the time I had a mimosa, I was also, like, in the midst of, like, just drinking heavily all the time. Mm. So I probably didn't not drink that <laughs> night. I was probably still drunk that night. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I had a beer for, at, like, 5 o'clock, and it's mm. just, like, there's just kind of a very slight fog, so hopefully that doesn't affect everything. All right. Horribly. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Matt, what have you been up to? Um, I've been reading a little more Batman. Yeah, you have. You uh, gave me back some of my stuff. I did. I finished City of Owls. I just kicked the shit out of my mic. Yep. Hey, at least I'm not punching it. That's, now I punched it. There you go. Just got to even things out. <laughs> yep. Um, yep, finished City of Owls. Uh, liked it. Didn't love it. It's mm. kind of just... Um, you know, I it kind of bothers me in total that there's 
so many stories out there of like um, the good guys suspect there's some shadowy conspiracy, but the main good guys like, no, it doesn't make sense because I need there to be one, and there's just there it it it's not there. As much as I want it to be there, as much as I need it to, mm-hmm. it's not there. It's just uh, Gotham is evil or Gotham yeah. is is cursed kind of thing. But then wait, there actually is a conspiracy after all. Yeah, and it's never a satisfying plot twist. It never ruins a story for me, but it just, it happens all the time in all sorts yeah. of different mediums. Um, and it just kind of, it's like, yeah, all right, okay. Well, how, how would you feel if Gotham was just evil? Are you kind of, are you first one of the people that are on the bandwagon of Gotham as a, as a living being? Like... No, no, it's not a living being, it's just a deeply corrupted city. Hmm. Um, and maybe there's some sort of comic book curse on it or something. Or... Hmm. I was talking about the, um... Back when I was reading the uh, the Wildstorm stuff, there's the guy that can talk to cities, and like mm-hmm. it'll embody all the cities. And there's stuff that's really cool. One where it's like the the twins uh, Nagasaki, <coughs> Nagasaki and Hiroshima are like like their embodiments are super sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like um, London, which is like super posh. There's mm-hmm. Metropolis, which is like um, clean cut businessman, like kind of I think, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And Gotham is just like a just like is a bat, is like a withered <laughs> bat. Okay. Because uh, Gotham becomes Batman over the uh-huh. course of like you know the existence of Batman, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool to see. Like taking a slight tangent from like I've been reading the really old Detective Comics, like back when he first showed up. Oh yeah. Batman just existed in Gotham, and throughout this all this time, like. It mirrors what happened in real life with Gotham versus what happened in the comics with Gotham, where the longer Batman exists, the more Gotham is just Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a theme in the um, City Vowels. Yeah. It says, I am Gotham. Yeah. Like it's sort 19 of, times. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's him contending for the, the rights to call the city his oh. um, with this mysterious kind of ephemeral fort of fort of owls <laughs> fort of owls <laughs> that's the the threequel <laughs> um yeah so i i read that i enjoyed it um it was certainly much quicker and easier to read than nightfall and mm-hmm. um i liked lots of bits and pieces of it um at the end of that volume there's a couple of like little one-off issues uh one of them is like a mr freeze Kind of, I guess, retelling of the origin. Oh, yeah. So that uh, that came from the Villains uh, Villains Month. Mm. Um, so those are like, it's like Batman 13.1. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like these tiny little issues. And like, a, a whole bunch of them have that. Like, there's like Superman, like, I think that's that. Or it was like 23.1. I think those came mm-hmm. around the 20s. Okay. Um, if you like, look, if I, oh, well, you don't have it anymore. Also, it's not here. Right. That's, th- those are those things. Like, there's like little one-off things for mm-hmm. each kind of villain. Yeah. 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 I um I don't know how I feel about it. The the Dr. Freeze one cuz I Dr. Mr. Freeze. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> don't give him too much credit, man. Yeah. No, I um I cuz I like that character, but I I just I don't know how I feel about that interpretation. Yeah. Cuz I always like him as kind of sympathetic. Yeah. Um uh, for this... some context briefly, like so Mr. Freeze was always kind of like a goofy, useless uh villain kind of exemplified in the Batman and Robin, where he's mm. fucking ice, uh, 
ice joke pun. Chill. Yeah, <laughs> like ice pun spouting buffoon. Um, but then the um, the Batman animated series. Was it animated series or Breaking the Bold? I think it was Breaking the Bold. I think it's the animated series because I remember watching. Okay. Um, um, so animated series or Breaking the Bold uh, kind of reinvented his, uh, his whole thing where uh, he... Uh, so like his whole thing is he needs to find a cure for his wife Nora who is mm-hmm. like uh, terminally ill and so he chirogenically freezes her to stave off her death until he can find a cure and that in that mm-hmm. time he will then thaw her because he has the technology to do that thaw her and then cure her. Um, and that's kind of been the whole thing is that he's kind of a sympathetic. He just wants to find a cure for his wife, uh, yeah. and that's all he's doing. Um, a mild obsession with diamonds, uh, which is kind of a thing throughout. But then with the new fifty two. They kind of re-envisioned him as, correct me if I'm wrong, Nora's not his wife at all? No, she's some lady that was frozen in 1943 or something. Yeah, and he gets, he has this like obsession with her where yeah. he just starts thinking that she's his wife. And it kind of makes him, it takes that like sympathetic villain away. Yeah, like I, I like the concept of a guy who thinks he's sympathetic but he's really just basically an obsessive psycho. Yeah. Um. But I don't know if I like that they did that to a character that I like the sympathetic version of. Yeah. So. And it's always good to have some different kind of villain amid the, the rogues gallery of Batman. Like, yeah. you've got Bat or got Joker who's just fucking psychotic and will murder everybody because mm-hmm. he doesn't care. Yeah. Because he cares about murdering everybody. Yeah. Uh, you got Scarecrow who's obsessed with the just fear. Uh, you got Two Face. You know, everything he does is random. Like a 50, excuse mm-hmm. me, everything is 50 50. Bane, his whole thing is just he wants to prove that he's bigger and badder than the bat. Yeah. Stuff like this. They're all just like evil. Yeah. But it's nice to have this one villain that's just not evil where Batman, like in the Arkham games, it's kind of the same thing. Like Batman works with Freeze in two of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can remember correctly. I know he works with him in one where he goes, you like, you have to go save Nora for Freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of this like, Batman understands that he's not horribly evil. Batman still beats the shit out of him and arrests him at the end of the day, but, like, he's he's still, like, I'm not going to beat the shit out of you and arrest you right now. Right. Because you're not an inherent threat to the existence of Gotham. Right. Um, And I like that. I think that's a good having that one difference amid Batman's catastrophe of a uh, rogues gallery. Yeah. is really helpful. And taking that away just kind of makes what we it makes what we think Batman's Rogues Gallery is like actually reality. Yeah. We lose a dimension there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. We lose a dimension. Yep. Now it's now it's just one dimensional villains. Well not <laughs> definitely not. Riddler can be interesting. Yeah, no, I mean there's a lot of interesting ones. Clayface is a good kind of minor yeah, villain. Especially because he's not a villain anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that, right? Yeah. Briefly. They, like in a rebirth, they kind of made him a hero. Yep. I don't know what the fuck he's up to now, but Clayface around. I think they just ran out of ideas. Of he how could to... be in this very room. Ah! It's me. Uh, it's a dulcimer. I want to learn how to play that dulcimer. By the way, yeah, that sounds like. Cool. I thought dulcimer was non-western. Totally western. Dulcimer is one hundred percent American. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from also like French, German, and Italian instruments. So okay. western. To be made more Western. Yeah. So, well, 
I thought it was not mustard. Oh well. Anyway, so you did that. So you read that, and yep. that happened. Uh, and I read Death of the Family. Yes. Yep. Thoughts. Yeah, it was alright. Good enough. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Um, I felt like the whole time I was trying to come to terms with this interpretation of the Joker. It's a very weird interpretation of the Joker. Yeah. Um, what did you? Th- I'm not gonna worry about spoiler alert. It's yeah. Uh, what do you think about the ending? Kind of the idea we've talked about it a lot. Like I, I've mentioned it a lot. I really like this the mm-hmm. way that they kind of made this relationship between Batman and Joker. What do you think about it? Like having read it. Um, I I think it worked. I think it was a good conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, Hodium. What? Hodium. That the chemical H A H N I U M. Yeah. That was a little weird. <laughs> that's that's the that's the joke. It's the joke. Joker sees the fun in that. But like, uh, we're gonna talk for some context. Uh, I've talked about it before. The um, death of the family. Scott Snyder's kind of uh, canonizes the relationship between Batman and uh, Joker. That Joker doesn't give a shit who that Batman is Bruce Wayne. He doesn't yeah. care about Bruce Wayne. He cares about the Batman. Yeah. Uh, purely the icon of Batman. That's what his obsession is. Yeah. And uh, he, he canonizes that and cements it by having literally Bruce Wayne go and show the card the Joker card to Joker mm-hmm. and Joker just doesn't care. Yeah. Um he said like I think I went back and briefly read it a while ago. He said the Joker does or does not recognize him. I think he does recognize him but doesn't care. I I mean it's left a little bit ambiguous yeah. but like the way it's described is the Joker looks at him and doesn't even see him. Hmm. All he sees is Batman. Like that's that's nothing. That's no one, that, nothing else in the world exists besides yeah, Batman. It's the only thing that interests him. Yeah, I I really kind of like that idea that like, um, well, especially delving into the three Jokers storyline. Maybe one is that way. Mm-hmm. The other one just likes creating chaos and is tired of Batman and wants to actually kill Batman. Mm-hmm. And there's another one that I don't fucking know, just wants to have fun and Batman keeps getting in the way. Yep. Um, but I, I like that there's at least one of them that just. His all of his identity is Batman. It's mm-hmm. dealing with Batman. Um, did you? What do you think about how he kind of like played with all the? Um, oh, you really you didn't see that because you didn't read all the other characters. Nope. They just all showed up at the end. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna lend you just whenever you have a chance, whenever you mm-hmm. want to, if you want to take a break from Batman explicitly. I'm gonna I'm gonna lend you all the um, Death of the Family. Like, volume three of, like, Teen Titans, Red Hood, Nightwing, Batman and Robin, uh, and Catwoman are all Death of the Family. Mm. Um, and, no, I don't think Catwoman. But, regardless, a bunch mm. of them were Death of the Family. Uh, so, you actually see how all of them got there, and then the final issue is the Batman 17. That's okay. the conclusion. Yeah. I always skip that, because I've read it. 14 times now. I know how that conclusion goes. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it's actually really interesting to see how the Joker plays with all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl, that's the other one. Okay. Uh, where they, he starts like pulling on their personal strings. Like he, talk, he deals with Hallie Cir- Her- Circus for Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's the only way he would, re- the only reason he would go for Hallie Circus is he knows that I'm Dick Grayson. Yeah. And it's like that for everybody. Like he attacks uh, Red Hood's mom and he's like, what the fuck? How does he know who my mom is? And it's, it's really interesting that, that that all plays in until the end, where it's just like he doesn't care who these other people are. He only cares about yeah. Batman. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll link that to you yeah. whenever you have a chance. Does my voice sound a little gone? 
Just a slight bit. Did you know that my voice decided to take a vacation yesterday? No. Uh, from like uh, 12 o'clock to like maybe 7, 8, 9 o'clock yesterday, my mm-hmm. voice just, just completely went. Huh. Which is really annoying because, not yesterday, Friday. Because uh, my presentation, my capstone presentation was at 3.30 on that day. Oh. So I was giving a presentation with my voice just gone. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> I was really hoping it would be back by the time we recorded, which is, it is. Anyway. Yeah, it's got a nice, nice manly rasp to it. Hey, first time I'm manly. Hell yeah. Anyway. anyway. Uh, is that all Did you kind of end there or have you started anything else? Uh, I haven't started anything else. The only other thing I have actually here is this White Knight. I thought I... You haven't given me Eternal yet. Right! It's going to be once I finish White Knight. Yes! You actually don't have to read, uh, finish White Knight. White Knight's yeah, not no, But White Knight's just really good. I want to read White Knight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll deal with that later. Yep. If there's anything else you need to read. Uh, yeah. Um, been reading more Dune. Hit book two. Dune. Um, apparently it's divided up into books also. Just like Lord of the Rings. Okay. Frank Herbert, you dirty rip-off man. You dirty rip-off man. Nice. No, it's, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm enjoying it still. Um, world building's good. Story's good. Um, it's kind of... The story has mostly collapsed down into a couple of very particular isolated threads. Okay. Um, and one of them is a lot of just like... It almost feels like the Martian. It's just problem-solving, trying to survive in a mm-hmm. harsh environment. And it's it's really fun. Cool. Um, so I'm probably well over halfway through that now still trucking through reading mm-hmm. at least a couple chapters a night so yeah it's good stuff it's the world building is still consistent and engaging um it's probably got some themes and stuff but mm-hmm. i'm not paying that much attention <laughs> to those right now uh, i'm just trying to get the story down um yeah. it's very readable for kind of a dense big sci-fi book mm-hmm. um so yeah Really enjoyed it. I hope it all comes together well in the end. What would you What would you reckon it's kind of uh, akin to in terms of like other media? I was thinking about this yesterday. We talk about all the stuff we read. We don't really like relate it to anything else. So if someone wants to read it, it's true. So what, what would you kind of like equate this to? Kind of world and maybe storytelling wise. Um, my first thought was Star Trek, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because this is a very cynical, uh, messy, gray, shades of gray Game of Thrones kind of universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek is a little more optimistic. Truth, justice, and the Federation way yeah. kind of thing. Um, Wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it has it has been compared to Game of Thrones just as like a proto-sci-fi Game of Thrones, and you, yeah. I can see that. Like, it's the setup is it's basically a feudal conflict. Um, the main character is the son of a duke, mm-hmm. but it's in space. Um, so, okay. yeah, it, it's it's not something that's easily comparable to something else. Um, but like a, like this, like it's been compared to like a sci-fi yeah. Game of Thrones would be kind of yeah. So I'd say it's kind of Game of Thrones light meets Star Trek. Okay. So the world building's a little Star Trek y. Okay. I guess. Probably more Star Wars y, honestly. I don't know. No. It's, there's a lot of science in there. Like okay. sci fi. Yeah. It's not so fancy. What was the. That was the thing about like the difference between Star Wars and Star, uh, Star Trek is Star Wars like uses magic to mimic science and Star Trek uses science to mimic magic. Yeah. Was that something like that? Yeah. 
kind of interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Dune. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, have I done anything else? Probably have. Well, I guess we recorded kind of late this last yeah, week. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had much chance to do anything else. Um, I'll jump to mine then. All right. Uh, I finished the Hellboy pr- uh, series proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the short stories that I'm going to read, but I'm going to do those after I read through all the Swamp Thing stuff because I want to mm-hmm. take a break from Hellboy. Yep. Um, so, what do you think of the end of um, the 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 whatever they call it third one? The Wild Hunt. Wild Hunt. Like the the story story the story proper proper. Yes. <laughs> uh, I that was boy. Yeah. A lot of shit happened. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I don't, I, I didn't really like think about it too awfully much. It just kind of like, it made too much sense. That yeah. It just like, it, I didn't read it go, that didn't make sense. Or like, that was like, like unexpectedly amazing. That was just like fucking great book. Good ending. Like it, it makes sense how that happened. Like I'm kind of discovering I have this problem where certain pieces of media just kind of feel inevitable to me. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not that they're predictable necessarily. It's just that the pieces line up so well yeah. that I'm not like, there's no rough edges for me to really grab onto and dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, so like uh, parasite, I liked that movie. I recognize it's a really good movie, but it just, it seemed too obvious to me. Not yeah. because it's predictable. It's a hopelessly unpredictable, <laughs> wonderfully twisty movie. But just because it's like, oh, yeah, that's very natural and logical, and yeah. I see how it fits together with everything. It's still crazy and chaotic and it's making me think, but it's, like, it just, it felt obvious. Um, Call Me By Your Name is actually probably a better example of that. Hmm. It's just like, yeah, that's the right way to tell this story with good acting and mm-hmm. lots of emotions and stuff. And it just, it's like, all right, it's it's good. But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I it, like... Yeah, just that. It it's a great ending. Like it, it made a lot of sense to me. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain is more fresh on the Hellboy uh, goes to hell. Mm. Hellboy in hell. Yeah. Um, you read. I'm assuming you read all like the all stuff afterwards, like the afterward writing. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, that I think I may have liked that more than the story proper. Proper. Yeah. There's some really like, interesting stuff back it, there. It does a really like. One of the things that I really, really liked about it is basically, so Hellboy does a bunch of stories, uh, does a bunch of like adventures kind of throughout this thing, mm-hmm. and they reference it in the back, uh, reference it later, and there'll be like a little asterisk of like, mm-hmm. uh, Hellboy Seeds of Destruction, Volume 1, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but like Hellboy and Hell references a whole bunch of stuff that's not in books. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you first read it, it's like, oh, when he got married to this person, you're like, the fuck did this happen but like one it's great because it establishes the how much more he's done before like it just mm-hmm. kind of like it just cut uh she goes hi hellboy and he's like oh no and then it cuts and then the next frame is him like a flashback of him just getting married to her and you're like what led to this <laughs> i think that is in the short stories now that I've is it? it yeah well because they explain like what you need for like they mm-hmm. like it does that a lot of times. Like, it explains what you need from it. Right. Um, several times. And, like, it just... Like, I, I I would actually venture to say that your description of just Hellboy wandering through Hell 
is not actually particularly an accurate description. All right. If more of, it's more of him just getting dragged through hell by a whole bunch <laughs> of people in hell telling him, the fact that you're here, this is what's happening. And he's like, I don't look, I don't want to be doing any of this. Yeah. And they're like, no, look at this. And he gets like dragged to the next spot and they're also like constantly like telling him, just like, mm-hmm. you did this, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's, um, it's Hellboy being wandered around hell. There you go. That's a lot better. Because it does feel like he's just being dragged around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, because it. those particularly, like, the that one guy that, that at the very beginning, um, like, Ernest something. Von Hemingway. Von Hemingway? No. <laughs> <laughs> Von, no, uh, whatever the guy is that, like, that kind of comes up to him at the very beginning and, come, mm-hmm. like, hits him, hits, hits him up again a couple times. Yeah. Like, that's kind of him... Kind of bringing him to places. Um, I thought that was interesting. Like, he always had, like, this companion. Like, and it was kind of, like, sub-little stories. Like, he had this one guy. He's like, oh, I just need to know, like, what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's just kind of along for the ride on that one. He really doesn't actually really do anything for that. Yeah. He's just kind of along the ride to kind of, like, see and, like, this is what hell is like. Um, and I... I it's kind of interesting. And then, like, there's people that are creating the quote-unquote map of hell, and they're like, it's mm-hmm. a bowl. And then that's where things start to make sense of, like, what hell is like. And then they start explaining, like, all the slaves, and, like, it slowly kind of yeah. reveals. It's this entirely different thing. Like, I feel like if there was just a preface or, like, a prelude to this thing. Prelude? Prologue. Prologue. There it is. There was a prologue to it, which is, like, a kind of a quick little, hey... Hellboy is this guy, kid uh, is the son of this and this, like his whole thing was that, now he's in hell. You could still read this entire hell, because it doesn't mm-hmm. really talk about what happened up north, or yeah. up, up top, <laughs> up north, uh, up, up, up top. Um, it's really just hell reacting to him. Yeah. Um, just being there, not, not what happened. So I think, I think it's a really interesting, like it just deviates from... It's, and it's nice. It's nice to take a breath and then get something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I really, really like that one. Um, reading all the, like, all the sketches, and I like I like Mike's little, like, comments and stuff about it. And yeah. He's like, these are all the demons. I didn't put them all in there. I really wish I was able to put Bilal in there. Because, like, he's so cute. <laughs> it's like, I yeah. thought I would see someone describe a demon as cute. Um, but yeah, no, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to start reading the Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing stuff, the Bronze Age on my desk, uh, my nightstand. I'm mm-hmm. playing a lot of, uh, Odyssey. Yep. Uh, I don't think I talked about that last time, did I? Briefly. Um, it's really good. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not a whole lot different from, um, uh, Origins. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. It's a lot more open world. Uh, this is the first game that can actually be considered an RPG because stuff you do affects later things. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about that, that last episode. Yeah, like okay. I, um, there was a, a village that was that had a plague, and there was a priest that wanted to kill the people that had the plague, and you were and you could either let him kill the people with the plague, or you could kill the priest. Uh, I chose to kill a priest because the people were innocent. They just had the plague. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you leave and then you come back, the entire island has the plague. Nah. Um, but if, if you let them kill the people with the plague, then the plague would have been fine. And like it's been referenced several times. It's like you just like it's a fucking plague in Um 
Catalonia. Um, one thing that's actually kind of interesting, it being Greece, is like seeing all these places that Peter sent letters to. No, Paul sent letters to. Yeah. Like Corinth. Uh, uh, like, I'm just, I just want to, like, hop over to Corinth and see, like, what's going on over there. Um, stuff like that. Um, the, so, there's also romance stuff. And they were saying romance options when the game was coming out. And I was like, oh, like, it's a kind of a lot, like, uh, Mass Effect, where it's kind of, it takes the whole game, you have to check in on them, you have to say the right things, and then it mm-hmm. all culminates in you guys being together at the end. Not at all. Literally, it's just like you have like a heart option next to a text, and if you say a couple, do a couple of those, then there's like a little cutscene of an implied sex scene, and mm. then that's it. And I'm just like, what? All right. Like once I discovered that, I'm just like, I'm gonna fuck everyone in this world. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I'm just going everywhere. Um, Romance simulator for the Tinder age. Yeah. Uh, I chose the female character because this is the closest I'll ever get to being able to play Wonder Woman because it's. Oh, yeah. Um, close to ever be able to play Wonder Woman in a game so far. Uh, so I chose her, and she's just having sex with everybody. Cause you can, As Wonder Women do. Male, male and female doesn't matter on the romance. Like, everyone, you can just mm-hmm. romance everybody. Except there's, apparently there's a DLC where she automatically has a kid, which kind of in, implies that she has to be at least somewhat, like, straight, not just 100% gay. So, or maybe some gnarly implications that probably not happen to literally an assassin. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, it's really fun. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is finish it, is working through Avatar more. Oh, yeah. And today we watched the episode that makes me cry, and boy was I a mess. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. You need to watch this fucking show. I know I do. Do you have access to my Amazon? Oh, wait, we talked have, about this. I have Prime. It's, it's going to be on Netflix. But it's going to be on Netflix soon. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. We yep. finished season two. Uh, I forgot how abruptly season two ends. Uh, season three. I'll watch season three some, sometime soon. Alright. Such a fucking good show. God, every, like, every... I'm just gonna say the same things I know I've said in the past. Like, I this this could really benefit from, like, a, a good show, live-action show, yeah. that treats its audience like adults, where you don't have to explain things, and it allows for, like, um, like, there's just so many things where, like, they, they explicitize things, and I was like, you didn't need to do that, but also this was on Nickelodeon, so you definitely needed to do that. Yeah. But I want to see, like, a treat your audience like they're adults yeah. version of this, because it's a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're kids, and, and it, it kind of plays to the fact that they are fucking children. The Avatar is literally a 12-year-old, but he's also literally the Avatar. Yeah. So there's times where he's like, I just want to do this and do this and do this. And then, like, when he gets, dude, when you watch it, like, you're going to, there's so many things. I'm going to, like, write a list of things that you're going to experience, and you have to tell me if you did or not. And I'm going to have, I'm 100% certain every single one of those things is, uh, is accurate. Because one of them is, like, when he goes into the Avatar state, which, for, like, the entire show... It's only brought on by emotional, like, trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, he sees someone he cares dead or dying or in danger or, like, he's, like, something goes wrong emotionally. Mm-hmm. He just snaps, like, everything glows and just snaps in Avatar state. And whenever he talks, it's all of the previous Avatars talking at the same time. And it's just this demonic voice. And, like, 
it was hilarious because like I knew that going in. So the first time it happens, I'm like, oh shit! And she's just like, what's happening? <laughs> and then it happened like towards the end of season two, and like something happens, and he just clicks like it's immediate hits Avatar stage. He goes, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> like it just it reinforces that so well how powerful he is when he gets when he becomes Avatar or when mm-hmm. he hits the Avatar stage. It's such a good show. Anyway, I'm done raving about Avatar. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's all I've been up to. Okay. News. News. What news from the mark? Uh, we killed some orcs. What business does an elf, a man, and a dwarf have to do to mark? <laughs> I forgot to close the curtains. I know, we can hear the stupid bird. Can we? I could. Yep, yep. there it is! Holy yep. shit! <laughs> it's probably not being Alright, I gotta remember what this is called. For context, um, yes. there's a bird called a Chuck Will's Widow, and it's the most annoying fucking bird in the world, and my parents hate it, and there's like two of them or something outside the parents, my parents' house. And it just, just goes crazy. Mm. Woo woo! Check woo woo! I'm done. Alright. news? I can't believe I missed this. Uh, Damien Chazelle has produced a mini-series about a gritty drama set in a French jazz club. What the fuck? It's called The Eddie. It's coming out on Netflix on Friday. And I don't know how this slipped under my radar until now. Like, it's in France or it's uh, uh, New Orleans French? Like, it's in France. That makes... They have jazz in France. What? Yeah. Oh. They got jazz everywhere, man. But, like... New York. Or, uh, not New York. Not New York. New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans has the best jazz. But they already did a good show in New Orleans about jazz. Treme. I don't see it. Neither have I. It's supposed to be really good. Oh. Huh. I like jazz. Yeah. What else is good about jazz? What's that? Princess and the Frog. Mm. Want to watch that? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that was good. We, uh, it's classic. When we uh, when we and our friends went to New Orleans, uh, after it was day one that we were out when all the news started happening of like everything in New Orleans is shutting down, so we were stuck in our Airbnb for the rest of the week, and we were gonna have like a really fancy. Everyone dresses up in suits and dresses, and we go out to a nice place. We had a really great place. Yeah. We're gonna go there next time. Yeah, we are. But it was a really great place. It's a it was a really fancy like a five star hotel that had like a place that has live jazz every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, it's actually kind of easy to get in. And we were gonna go do that, eat nice stuff. It's actually like you dress formal, so like we weren't gonna stick out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything closed, and we couldn't. So instead of doing that, we just all dressed up without shoes and socks, like in our suits <laughs> and stuff, and watched Princess and the Frog, and got drunk. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was amazing. It was pretty great. That's where my Instagram post came from. That's like one of my favorite Instagram posts ever of me like in like my my favorite like shirt and tie with the tie bar but athletic shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's a good one. Anyway. Anyway. So um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the Eddie coming soon to Netflix. It's probably not going to be my favorite thing ever but it's kind of like if you made up something and said hey Matt this is going to be your favorite thing ever. I'd believe you. Because Damien Giselle, but gritty. What's it? What's it La La Land? Oh. Whiplash? Oh. First Man? Oh. That's <laughs> it. It's supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I watched the trailer for that today. Looks very exciting. Cool. Um, What's the like, actual like plot? Uh, so it's about a guy. Um, it's the, the friend... Grown-up friend from Moonlight. 
Okay. Um, and he owns a jazz club in Paris. I think he's American. Um, and the club is kind of failing, and um, he's owes some bad people some money, and there's gangsters and um, sketchiness, and uh, there's trouble with his daughter that's unrelated, but just adds a layer of drama to it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's all I gathered from the trailer. Gotcha. But looks very interesting. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, how much did I talk about the uh, Assassin's Creed? A little bit. Um, the cinematic trailer came out, didn't it? Yes, and that happened after our episode. After we right. Started, right. Okay. I literally, like, I, I watched it, and then I literally called Brendan, and he was like, what's up? And I just screamed into the phone. <laughs> Poor boy. <laughs> um, this, this cinematic trailer is what caused me to buy Assassin's Creed Odyssey to start playing it. Okay. So I guess I hadn't played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I guess I wasn't playing Odyssey. I think I just talked to you about it. I don't know. You talked about the, the dialogue options and it being very rpg Um... Did I forget to talk about the uh, cinematic trailer? No, because you said the cinematic trailer comes out tomorrow. Oh, okay. So I guess it wasn't the cinematic trailer that made me want to... Maybe, but I think it was just it the was just the announcement. It, yeah. Just the announcement, yeah. Okay. But the cinematic trailer has gotten me completely fucking hyped. So mm-hmm. um, we have more information uh, about the game now. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna go through that for people that like these Assassin's Creed games. Uh, it is set in... Uh, it's set in the Viking era, like... Ten hundreds. Uh, your enemy is King Alfred, Albert, Alfred, Edford. <laughs> uh, it's something. It's, uh, it's the guy that the English guy, English king at that time. They had a few of those. Um, right here. But uh, so one thing about it is he is actually not going to be just a straight up. I want to kill uh, Vikings. I need to check the. Yeah, you should do that thing. Just, that would be very um, disappointing. Um, it's not going to be like a straightforward, he just wants to kill all the Vikings. Uh, he's going to actually have nuance, which is good because mm-hmm. I like enemies with nuance. Uh, we haven't seen that many Freeze. Than... Mr. Freeze. I don't know why I keep doing that. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'll be good. Um, we're, it's going to be... You'll have a home, a home base, um, where you can actually grow like a family and a and a clan and stuff like that and you can kind of like build and stuff and it, okay. it seems like that's much more of a hub than all the other previous the previous assets create uh creeds you've had like hideouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. you've had your ship uh you've had your um building that you live in you've had stuff like that just kind of all these little things but they're not really hubs they're just like a place you can go and pick up some money and pretty much that's it yeah um an upgrade to get more money. But this one actually seems like a hub where it's actually going to be a pretty important role in developing the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Given that Odyssey is a much bigger RPG, is an actual RPG, I have a feeling there will be a lot of like personal relationships you'll be developing that are mm-hmm. there uh, based on things you do. You might like similar, maybe similar to Red Dead where you develop relationships, except with Red Dead, the relationships just kind of happen. They don't change mm-hmm. depending on what you do. Um, you know what they're going to do? Is at the end of the second act, they're going to burn that hub to the ground. Oh, 100%. That shit yep. happens all the time. Yep. <laughs> um, the, uh, so for Odyssey, you had a chance, to, you had a choice to play male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't change the story at all. Uh, nothing about, like, 
one of them was canon. Like, if you played as Cassandra, who's the girl, she's the person that existed. If you played Alexios, who's the boy, he's the one that existed. It mm-hmm. didn't change. Um, they announced yesterday... Yesterday... No. Wow, a while ago. Uh, that both characters are canon. Uh, someone asked, uh, but who's canon? The female side or the male side? I would love the female side canon, like Cassandra. Uh, they said, both choices are canon, but we're not going to spoil how you managed that trick until you play the game. That'll be exciting to see how they managed to do that. Okay. Um, you might just be playing alongside the other person. Yeah. Which would be really cool if there's two entirely separate games, um, depending on who you choose. Yeah. Um, it could be like Syndicate, where you can switch between the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like they would say that if that was the case. Like they've already done it, so why? Yeah, they've probably got something new in mind. Yeah, um, they're gonna do a lot more customization with the characters themselves. Like you can actually change the way you look instead mm-hmm. of you're stuck with the way you look. Okay. Um, makes sense. I don't know how that white hood would look under a bighorn helmet. Oh, I have another white hood in fucking seven years now. <laughs> <laughs> white hood's been out. Um, what else? Uh. The they're doing dual wielding, like you can actually dual wield things, which okay. is fun because I love dual wielding stuff. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the thing I like to do. Um, what else about it? Uh, you'll be raiding and pillaging stuff. I, I'm curious to see how they do. So, have you seen the animated trailer? Or the, I watched about half of it, and got bored, and turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but you did notice where, like, they like he was he stopped his guy from killing that. Yeah, that's exactly where I turned it off. <laughs> Good. Um, it's I, I really like the way that they did that with the animated trailer where like they're savages and it shows them not being savages. Yeah. No sense of family and it shows them having a family. Yeah. Like stuff like that. It's just kind of this um, I really hope they play with the propaganda of that. I don't mm-hmm. know, like how Vikings I mean yes they raided in village but They're human too. They're human. Deep down. Um, they all just want to save their wife from cryosleep. What? They all just want to save their wife from crime. Oh, God damn it. I'm going to just tie everything back to that. <laughs> oh, good. That's going to be the bit for this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm. there's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot we do know. They're going to be doing a... Uh, they're going to release a gameplay mm-hmm. um, next week, so we'll actually see. All this stuff would have happened during E3, by the way. Right. Since E3 didn't happen, they're doing it now. Um, so we'll see kind of what the, what the thing looks like. Uh, did I mention about the doubles? Oh, these games have kind of happened in pairs. Right. And this is going to be a new... This will likely be a new way the game works. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's actually an assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is, like... I mean, the height of the Assassin's Brotherhood was 11th... 11, like, the 1100s, which was when the first Assassin's Creed came out. That's when the... Well, it was mm. not when it came out, when that was said. And that's <laughs> when there was just, like, the giant Brotherhood of Assassins everywhere. Like, right. there was the fuck... And that's also where this whole thing is based. Like, the real-life assassinos of... Like, not assassinos, that's Italian. Oh, the real-life assassins, that's when the first name assassin came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know about all that? Nope. Like, in, oh, wow, okay, so the Muslims, uh, they had a split, and then the Shia, I think, split again, and then they had another split, and it was like a point zero zero one percent of the Muslim community... Uh, religion was this subset of like the assassins, and that's when the name assassin, that's when the word assassin was kind of created okay. in the 1100s. 
Um, and it was like, it was actually really cool to see, like, have read all that and then go back and, like, see how all these characters that you know were actually, like, that thing. And, like, it was, they were a problem for Richard the Lionheart. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, Richard the Lionheart. Probably, no, but yeah, no. So that's like the 1100s is when that's that stuff happened, and uh, like the way they're kind of working with is like in ancient Egypt, the hidden ones started, which is kind of the first like like rendition of the assassins, mm-hmm. and then I guess in the 1100s, around like in, during the Crusades, uh, when they kind of became a little bit more public, like when people that those existed that's when the assassins became a thing right can't really um, call them the hidden ones if everyone knows about them yeah <laughs> um so i think uh valhalla which is this game will be they'll be they'll all be the hidden ones um instead of the assassins because this is going to be right before okay this all stuff happened because this like vikings ended in 1066 right states were 1100s so i think it'll be they'll they'll be the hidden ones this will be the first game that's like Focused around the hidden ones as pre-existing group because Origins at the end they're like we're going to be the hidden ones. It's not how that happened, but <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how you see the beginning of the hidden ones. Uh, um, Odyssey completely ignores the Assassin's Creed part of it and focuses more on the behind-the-scenes lore of the people that came before mm-hmm. um, the Isu, uh, which Brennan and I talked about in our episode. Uh, were you on that episode? Nope. You weren't on that episode. That was the one episode I was not on. Yeah. I have one episode more than you do. <laughs> anyway, so that's happening. That's fun news. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm going to get this game. I'm probably going to pre-order it because I'm getting a raise at work. Woo. Woo! Graduating! Having a degree helps, yo. So I hear. Great. Anyway. Anyway. Matt, what are we talking about today? Uh, so there's been much made, much ink spilled over how the coronavirus is affecting movie theaters and how it's affecting streaming platforms and how it's affecting... The fact that all of our favorite movies are now coming out in November. Yes. Which is going to turn out to be a great month, but, like, holy crap, I'm going to spend $200 on movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're going to all come out the same day, too, so we're just going to, like, spend a day in the theater. Yeah, just take a Friday off yeah. and, like, watch from 10 in the morning to 10 yeah. at night. <laughs> 10 at night? It'll be, like, t- like, 2 at night. 2 at night. And then... Oh, and then the fun part of us coming back and recording a review for every single one of them. <laughs> Just spends all Saturday recording increasingly <laughs> nonsensical reviews. <laughs> like, all right, this is the review for Wonder Lady. She's uh, a dude who, oh, uh. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Where was I going with that? <laughs> oh, I was thinking of All our, this stuff happened. <laughs> all this stuff's been happening, and uh but not so much has been said about how the, the pandemic and the coronavirus and um, sort of this shift in our cultural zeitgeist is going to change the actual Good content of movies out. themselves. Good word. Yeah, I like to throw around zeitgeist a little bit. That's a good one. So, Preston. <laughs> how, I don't know. How's the coronavirus going to affect the content of movies? Probably going to be like a horror movie at some point where we're all quarantined and like, I'm a little surprised one didn't come out, aside from the short one that David F. Sandberg filmed with his wife with an iPhone in their house during lockdown. Oh, that happened? Yeah. Oh, fuck hell. <laughs> what a guy. Um, I haven't seen it. It's probably good. I don't know. I think I think there's there might be a resurgence. It's going to be weird. There might be a resurgence of, like, zombie films. All right. Um, 
based on the way that the world reacts. Like, mm-hmm. I think it would be really interesting to see a zombie film where, like, they don't say, hey, like, there's this sickness that's causing zombies and the world freaks out. The world goes, fuck, all right, back in the house. <laughs> and everyone's just exasperated the whole movie. Yeah. I could say a good sort of comedy zombie comedy movie. Comedy zombies following, like, the quarantine pan- or the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... I think this is going to change not a whole lot, honestly. Okay. Um, Like, someone's going to come up with some really interesting stories. Yeah. Someone's going to come up with a really interesting story, singular, and then three people are going to come up with, like, subsets of that story that are not as interesting, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to get this, like, weird genre of quarantine horror and none of them are good. Yeah. And it's just going to be like this, like, like how there was like a one really good slasher. And then you kind of got like, you got like Halloween and then you got like, well, I can't think of it. Like, what would be the first one that was like the good? I mean, Halloween was kind of the, the first, um, not the first good one because Black Christmas was the first good one. Um, but the first kind of classic slasher yeah. And you had all these with Jason, Freddy, and Chucky following, and then you had all the spinoffs from that. Now you have this yeah. like subgenre of slasher films, and almost none of them are good. Yeah. Well, so we a couple years ago for Halloween, we did a whole big two-parter on horror movies, mm-hmm. and um, one of the points that I was really digging into on that was that horror movies tend to reflect the the cultural fears of the day. Um, so. For a really obvious example, Japanese giant monster movies, all in the 50s, right after World War II, right after they got nuked, they're afraid of these radiation, of these giant monsters coming in and destroying their cities. That's why yeah. those are those movies. Um, slasher movies started in the mid-70s, right about the time that there was a sharp uptick in the murder rate. Mm-hmm. Slasher movies caused violence. There. Thesis. Correlation equals QED. causation. Yep. <laughs> great i think i've got the causation backwards i think slasher movies came into being as a, a manifestation of that fear yeah um people suddenly fear interpersonal violence so let's put it in our movies yeah um after 9-11 we kind of got some some alien horror movies uh like battle los angeles oh which yeah i guess is more sci-fi action and there's just some terrible stuff like that just a um an well, unexpected. following 9-11, we started getting a whole bunch of military movies. That too. Yeah. We'll, we'll branch out. I want to start with horror, because okay. we've talked about this before. Um, but, uh, let's see, I had, an, I had another another one I was going to talk about. Don't remember what, what an was. episode, huh? Um, but, <laughs> so, all of these kind of big changes in, in culture and society have resulted in some sort of change in the things we're afraid of. Um, I'm kind of wondering if we might get sort of a, a good version of um, in, like an invasion of the body snatchers type thing. Because um, like one of the scary things about the coronavirus is you don't show symptoms for a long time. Yeah. And so you look like an ordinary person, but you're out there killing people in the world. And so I mean, you could do like a something like that where like they look like us, but they're not. Yeah. Um, something that plays off of that. Um, I'm sure there will be a whole bunch of terrible slashers just people wearing masks and stab people in the supermarket or something <laughs> the purge quarantine 
<laughs> it's like, all right, all crime is legal. We strongly recommend you stay in your house and do your crimes at a minimum of six feet from each other. Do your crimes isolated. So if you're going to murder someone, murder your family. <laughs> yeah, uh, we could get we could get definitely get some kind of The Shining, Cabin Fever type movies. People mm. cooped up too long, like um, yeah, sort of extrapolate it and maybe make the lockdown last a couple of years. And yeah, people start to go nuts. Ooh, you could get some interesting dystopian movies. I'm already out going nuts, man. I've been a couple months. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I just I think there's a lot of interesting threads. I'm not sure which ones will get pulled. Yeah. And which ones will get pulled effectively. I'm I'm sure all of them will. Yeah. I don't know which ones will be pulled effectively. Um Seems a little too on the nose, but I'm sure we'll get some more disease and pandemic themed yeah. movies like uh Contagion from a few years back and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um yeah. So I think horror horror always reacts to these sorts of things. Yeah. I think it will react to this. Not entirely sure how. Yeah. Um Did we get a romance movie from it? My Corona Valentine. <laughs> I'm just gonna make that joke. I that, I made that joke in the text that I sent you. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that might have been like a sub, subconscious yep. Yep. remembering that. I incepted you. Damn it! Nah. <laughs> Damn it! But yes. Yeah, um, there's probably a really nice indie romance out there about... Um... <laughs> that's <laughs> that's going to make so little content. <laughs> I wonder if you even got the sound of the cloth snapping. <laughs> I just did a weird, like, Matador thing at Matt, and then he did this weird, like, motorboat boobs face. <laughs> I guess is what bulls do or something. Matador with two T's, though. <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> Moving on. There's probably going to be a really good indie romance about two people that, like, live in apartments across from each other, and they kind of fall in love across this... Um, they're like quarantined, but they fall in love through their windows or something. And one of them is super at risk and can't go out at all, so they can't actually meet. And it's it's very sweet. And then they die. Hell it's yeah. sad. There you go. Yeah. That's the sweet and sweet. All romantics should end. Yeah. They die at the end. Yeah. Fucking Romeo and Juliet, every single one. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Ooh, maybe they decide attack with it we're getting together we're gonna we're gonna see each other in person and then that's when they get sick and it's all the other no, they fight. like run together in the parking lot and they get hit by a car heck yes there we go the car, that's a plot the twist. car has a license plate that says COVID-19 <laughs> killed by the coronavirus someone's gonna someone is gonna put that joke in a movie though they're gonna have a car run over someone with COVID-19 as the license plate <laughs> Oh, God. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go change my license plate just start running people over. I'm not... Oh, oh boy. I really hope there's not just like a spree of some, like some mysterious hit and run because I just accidentally confessed to it. Yep. <laughs> Whoops! Uh, um, yeah, no, I mean... And we'll probably get a rom-com about people that go on dates and they're wearing masks and then at the end... He, she takes her mask off and she's hideous and he loves her anyway or something. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a plausible pitch, right? Yeah. Um, who would you, you star for that? Hugh Jackman is a female. 
Yeah, he's got lovely eyes. Yeah. Because then, like, I mean, he's like an attractive man, but if you're expecting a woman, you see him. It's like expecting Sprite but getting water. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just yeah. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> or expecting water and getting vodka. Ooh, that always, that's fun. Oh. It's a good time. You know what? We did that for Nick's bachelor party, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, dude, it was great. We did, uh, Nick had questions for us about himself. And if, like, we would all answer, and if none of us got it right, we had to go, everyone had to go and take a shot. Uh, uh-huh. And it was random that there was one thing of vodka. <laughs> uh, and it was one, one thing of vodka, one thing of vinegar. Or no, it was like five things of vodka, one thing of vinegar. Uh, and then six things of water. And, okay. it, and they all look exactly the same. Yeah. Like 100% the same. I got water all... I never got the vinegar. No one ever got the vinegar. Which uh, is kind of anyway. Yeah. But yeah. What were we talking about? Too many um, tangents. Too many tangents. Not enough cosines. I think we've made that joke before. 100% have made that joke several times. Um, not, not enough hyperbolic secants. It's the same joke with a different punchline, my guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means it's different. And we were talking better. about um, getting hit by cars. Action movies. Action. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's not all we're talking about. We can go there. <laughs> I think what we were talking about was kind of at the end of it. Yep. Action movies. What kind of action movies would come from COVID-19? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so, like, action movies in the 90s were kind of goofy and fun and rad like speed you know what completely ignoring action movies for a second i just uh, came up uh, something okay what do you got it's a uh what would that be on it'd probably be on nickelodeon now i'd be on disney mm-hmm. uh the world of it's like it's, it's like they they're quarantined but they're, it's a whole it's forever and they're all like 14 15 year olds it's my quarantine years nah oh that sounds good yes and it's just gonna be like this whole thing of like Super boring. They like it, like they get to antics in the house and <laughs> and then like they they can never see each other. They're always, like they have a, it's it's like the main characters are like a family mm-hmm. and like the main character is like I don't know uh, what's a what's a joke for like coronavirus or some like what's a name what's a tag name that would work for that Ta- what. You know what tag name is? No. Tag name is a name that makes sense for the character. Like, if a character always lies and her name is Vera. Uh, yeah. That's like a classic uh, literature thing. I do that with all of my stuff. Okay. Um, what's that? Bullet, bullet. Doesn't matter. Her name, and she's got no family, and like, maybe the last name's with the viruses. Because <laughs> Disney's not that creative. Meet the viruses. <laughs> Meet the viruses. Uh, and she's got like her best friend who you only hear her voice, mm-hmm. and like, Oh, I'm starting to kind of encroach on my own thing that I've been writing. It's dangerous. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like my quarantine years. Yeah. That's ah, just like her growing up and like going to school on Zoom. Yep. Or like some like... Equivalent. Equivalent. Like how iCarly has the pear pods because it couldn't use Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom. Wait, that's already taken. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Macro hard. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I just realized a weird. Well, I guess micro, well, yeah, Microsoft would be a little weird. Yeah, that were, that also, anyway, yeah. action movies. Action movies. So what those, I mean, those kind of 
shift with the paradigm too. Like um, during the Cold War, they were there was a lot more like espionage movies and spy movies, and then they got a little more intense in the eighties, I guess. Um, stuff like Die Hard, I guess, is it's kind of fun. It's not a military movie. No, but it's an action movie. Oh, it's going action movies, right? Yeah. Um, 90s, when everything's looking up and the evil empire has collapsed, then um, action movies are goofy and fun. They're like uh, Speed is a good example of that. Did you ever see Speed? I never saw Speed. It's kind of fun. I use Speed. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. You never share. No. My shit. Yeah. I mean, really, really, I'm more of a heroine deep yeah. down. But, yeah. Um. I'm fidgeting with a, this is a bad idea. Yep, that's, uh, that's irresponsible right there. Um, let's see. Uh, so, goofy 90s action movies, and then 9-11 happened, and everything got dark and cynical and gritty and military-themed. Exactly military, going overseas. So we got Zero Dark Thirty, and um, Hurt Locker, and Jarhead, and... Um, yeah, stuff like that. Battle LA. <laughs> Battle Los Angeles. Battle Woo! colon Los Angeles. Yeah. Excuse me. Gotta get the proper punctuation. Gotta battle there. that colon. Punch it right in the stomach. Yeah. Make him poop. So it feels like those are more geopolitical things, but I guess that that could play into sort of the geopolitical fears about um, like bioweapons and um, Chinese government secretly releasing viruses and. Uh, I, that could probably that could that could start popping up in things. I think. I think we might see a a movie or two, maybe indie, that like really hits the like it goes a little ham fisted on like America's inability to fucking handle a crisis because everything that our country wants to do is purely based on greed. Like we mm-hmm. care so much about money and greed and capitalism that they're we're we just fail to handle a pandemic like everyone else in the world. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> Alright. Something like that. Some like some like really on the nose metaphor for America just like doesn't even have to be a metaphor, just like have a country instigate some sort of international crisis on the thesis that America won't be able to handle it. Ooh, that'd be a cool one. And then Tom Cruise proves that America can. Nah, he goes wrong. He goes rogue. And he goes rogue. <laughs> no, wait, no. <laughs> that's, that's the one time. The, the, like some, like, I don't know, Mongolian, I don't know why I went Mongolian, I just want to avoid the Middle Eastern stereotype. Mm-hmm. Some Mongolian, like, uh, mogul is just like, a Mongol mogul. <laughs> yes! That's what they call him, the Mongol mogul. Um, yep. He like, he's like, ah, oh, I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to take down America. And he starts a crisis. And then, like the, what, does he work for? Who? Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Yeah, what is Mission Impossible? What's that? IMF. IMF. IMF goes like... International Monetary Fund. <laughs> nice. They're <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, all right, Tom Cruise, time for you to stop this. Like, we can handle it. And he's like, no, we can't. And he goes rogue. It's like, bye, guys. This, you found the one thing that I can't stop. I'm moving to Iceland. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I... I I think we'll get back to... I'm going to Iceland to the other IMF, the Icelandic Music Festival. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna get some groovy Icelandic tunes going, yo! (laughs) Uh, Yep. Um, Yeah, no, I I think 
bioterrorism and America's diminishing role in the world. And um, what are you talking about? We're the greatest ever. Oh, well, right, but that that being said, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think there's some room for action movies to, to play around there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, like we've always had this kind of as a presence of like the um, mistrust in the American institutions, the secretive ones, but this might be um, maybe more of incompetence mm-hmm. instead of. Just like they're the the shadowy um, treadstone people, like in the Bourne movies or yeah. something like that. Instead, they're just shadowy but incompetent. Yeah, um, that could that could become a thing. Um, yeah, so uh, I think there's threads that action movies will pull on. Mm-hmm. Um, what other kind of movies? Sci-fi. You can go into bioterrorism on that. Yeah, crazy diseases. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Sci-fi is sci-fi is more interested in the technology stuff, and this. I don't know if it's done that much for that. So, no, not really. Yeah. Movie about ventilators. <laughs> Movie about how HVAC systems are horrendously underrated, and everyone needs a really high quality HVAC system, and it pays a. Small MEP firm, a whole lot of money to just redesign everyone's. And then there's this one guy who's just a cat tech. Which not a cat tech anymore. He's a designer. <laughs> a designer of that firm. <laughs> just got promoted. Uh, I don't know. Let's make a weird fantasy movie about me getting paid a whole bunch because of a pandemic. That's okay. Um, some guy wrote a book about a weird fantasy about where his all, all his obscure 80s pop culture knowledge is suddenly relevant and saves the world and they made it into a $500 million movie. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Lord of the Rings. What? What? <laughs> um, All those 80s references that happened before, that he, he died before the 80s. Probably. When did Tolkien die? Doesn't matter. Hey, Siri. I don't think I have <laughs> Siri on this you don't. You don't have, like... Three megabytes on your phone. Okay, Google. When? My phone. <laughs> you got my phone on. Okay, Google. When did J.R.R. Tolkien die? There's no way it's gonna... Like, my it's phone's freaking gonna. out right now because there's so many words. Uh. It gave me nothing. It just right. said I found this on Google and then went to my home screen. Okay, that's uh, something, I guess. Um, they found your home screen on Google. <laughs> oh no, no. man! Don't want that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if sci-fi will have that much of an effect. Um, all right, I'm running out of good genres, so I'm going to hit you with the the real reason that I came up with this. My phone is going crazy right now. What is going to be the name and superpowers of the inevitable DC supervillain that are going to create as a ham-fisted metaphor for all this? Fuck. Say hero or supervillain. Uh, let's start with villain, but you can you can branch out as need be. Um, balls in your court, sir. God. Uh, I don't know. I don't know their trend of creating heroes and villains anymore. Like, not lately. Well, don't follow their trend. New set a new trend. Um, Times are changing. Paradigm shift, man. You know, it's just it's not a. You know. Fuck your question. It's not a villain. It's just the it's just Superman fighting literally a plague. 
<laughs> he's just flying mass. Lex Luthor would do something like this. Yeah. It's... Um, I don't know. There's like, um, is there like infect? A... Like just guy named Infect that just infects people with highly contagious diseases. Yeah. And he just goes around. He's like, I'm gonna do it this time, and they're like, fucking. No. Please don't. God damn it. He's uh, doing it, just keeps creating all these viruses. So, what's his origin story? What's his deal? Why does he do the thing? Um, he worked at the seat. He's an uh, embittered seat, former CDC employee. Okay. Uh, he had a cure for a disease. He had a cure for, here we go, he had a cure for coronavirus. There we go. And he all had right. an incompetent president that was just like, no, don't worry about it. And he's like, fuck you and then the disease just goes away and he's like you know what I want a fucking I don't know bad villain idea prove everyone wrong and I'm just gonna infect everyone with diseases all the time and maybe he syndromes it and he's like I create these bad diseases and then I'll be the one to cure them there you go kind of stealing that from Mission Impossible too, but and syndrome and syndrome and Mysterio but specifically Mission Impossible too, because it's actually like oh, that's diseases, actually, and they gotcha. try to, they're they're gonna cure them. No, it's a it's a movie. It's all right. I mean, if we're gonna rip off a movie, we should probably aim higher than Mission Impossible too. But so there's this mysterious device called the Rabbit's Foot, and there's a guy who looks suspiciously like Philip Seymour Hoffman that really wants it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's my pitch for the. DC villain, he just All right. bittered former CDC employee. Alright. Mine is called Plague, but it's short for Darth Plagueis. And this is a Star Wars crossover. God damn it! <laughs> Sounds like Matt Pat from the Game Theories videos. Mm. Welcome to Game Theory. I can't do it very well. Welcome to Game Theory. No, that sounded exactly you, like you. I, I know. It's, you, you did it earlier. Like You changed it. Welcome to Game Theory. It is. I'm going to talk like this now. I got nothing else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was going to be a little more interesting than it was. Yeah. It'd be like prepared. It'll be an interesting episode in two years when we can actually see all the movies yeah. coming out. Just fully speculating right now. Yep. Well. Well. Shall we? We'd probably better shall. I'll get some beer tonight. <laughs> I haven't studied chess yet. and have to wake up in the morning. I do. I do want to drink beer. Do your, do your, do your bitch. We'll talk about this after. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Justice Losers Pod. We're on Instagram, also at Justice Losers Pod. We have a Gmail, Pod at gmail.com, where you can email us all of your viruses. You got anthrax in your pocket? Send it. We'll take it. Um, anthrax and virus? I think so. I thought it was a fungus. Maybe it's fungus. Time to Google this, because this one matters. This is the interesting one. This is, I'm going to go to the important. internet and my dad's computer and all the way behind. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, what are the other things the I'm supposed to say? We're on Patreon, where you can send us money, so we'll go see movies. Bacteria. Now that, ah, uh, curses. I was wrong. We're both wrong. Um, now that movie theaters are going to start opening back up, you can pay us to go see movies. Um, are they opening back up? Before too long, probably. In like June or July. Yeah, it's May already. It's almost June. Well, and or July. Alright, that's fair enough. Yeah. I think a month and a half before Norman's on mostly normal. Huh. So. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, send send us your money so we can send you our thoughts about movies. Um, it's usually a good thing to do. Uh, have I said all the things? I said a lot of things really quickly. Yeah, and I have not been paying attention. So, um, I'm just going to assume that I hit them all and say, I don't know what our topic is for next week. Neither do we. Let us know on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Gmail or Patreon or YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes or Podbean or Spotify. We're in a lot of places. Yeah. We are all present. Omnipresent. Pervasive. Like a virus. Ah! You're infected now. Just say bye already. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>